Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, joining me this week uh, once again is Andy Cox from ThroughMyTV.com and uh, if you didn't already listen to last week's uh, episode, I suggest you do that first because we continue our discussion. This is part two, the second half of the discussion I had with Andy and uh, it's all about smart home technology. And, and building on last week, we discuss uh, ease of use uh, and installation of the technology, future-proofing our properties, the, the costs of the systems, um, the benefits potentially of, of retrofit, particularly if we're doing a refurbishment, because it, it's, it's obviously easy and easier rather to install this, this sort of technology in new build or uh, where perhaps where we've taken the, uh, the property back to brick or close to that, uh, that degree and, and minimize disruption. We also talk about some of the use applications or the benefits of the technology that is available today. And then there's a, a small glimpse into what might be coming down the line as well as, as Andy. I encourage Andy to get his crystal ball out, which uh, clearly we none of us have, but so perhaps unfairly ask him to do that. So let's just rejoin the conversation in, in part two of my discussion with Andy Cox from throughmytv.com right now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. I wanted to maybe dive into um, applic- use of this technology, I guess. Um, I'm thinking, do I even need a computer science degree or do I need to be a, a 14-year-old um, to actually operate these systems and technologies and make them all kind of do something relevant and important? Well... <laughs> It's, that's a very interesting point because um, I, I come across this quite a lot, and um, I think um, yeah, for you know, if you're a technologist like myself and someone who's uh, experienced in using this, you don't you don't have the fear, and you, you know you you can you can work it out, and like exactly like you said, for some reason, fourteen year old uh, children seem to just intuitively be able to uh, control all these new things and work it out i think i think there's a lot of along the along the sort of the scope of uh, people within those two parameters seem tend to have a bit of fear about technology um and i think it's the the fear of the um technology is more prohibitive than actually try, you know than actually the technology itself the the days of um, getting these things to talk to each other by actually physically writing code or anything like that are, are, are long gone. It is literally now just dragon, dragon for these devices that we're talking about, for these um, sort of um, available off the shelf um, products that they are very easy to set up by the user. Um, but sometimes, um, the the fear of technology is prohibitive to a certain uh, age demographic. <laughs> I could see you. Oh, I could actually hear you thinking carefully about how you presented that. But um, uh, <laughs> well, also, also, I'm thinking what I don't want to do is uh, is is um, put 
put the work that we do in in some of my some of my more sort of advanced properties uh, you know under under a, under a shadow i mean when i say it's easy the new technology that is out and, and able to do this leak detection and, and stuff like that is very easy to set up, but it is also very limited. I mean, some of the stuff that we do in some of our larger home automation uh, systems with uh, the more conventional uh, way of doing things with uh, processors and not perhaps using the Internet of Things to get stuff to talk to each other to actually have uh, the smart home on its own closed system. What you can do with those systems is, is, only, uh, is only limited by your imagination and what you want to do with the coding because we, we use very skilled uh, coders to help us produce the, the software that runs these homes. So if the client says to you, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and it's something absolutely crazy, it, you can do that. With things like this Internet of Things and the the leak detection and the products that are available off the shelf in all good electrical out, <laughs> you know, outlet stores, um, you are limited to a few functions. Now, and, and these new functions come out all the time, but what you're not able to do is go, oh, I know, I want it to, if I hear that, you know, get a weather report and if it does X and I want it to do X and it must do that and it must tell me this, that's not always, you don't have that open architecture. Mm. You're quite limited to what they allow you to do with, within the app. Now, all these companies like Amazon and Alexa, they've got, thousands of coders working fearlessly in the background creating all these you know new routines and new ones come out every day but uh, what i think the point i'm trying to get across is it, they're very easy to set up because it's all being done by the, the you know these engineers in the background and then you just click on uh, what amazon the alexa app calls and they call them skills but it's sort of like a, a routine you know all zipped up in a bag for you and you just press the button so you are limited to what they allow you to do now some of the stuff is very clever but i think the point i'm trying to make is uh, it's easy because someone is doing the hard coding for you and you're just connecting with buttons on your on your on your app whereas the other more conventional way is we have total uh, open architecture and it's down to us then to to write the code and make things talk to each other and we say if the TV comes on, do X, and if it's between this, do Y and Z. Does that does that make sense? No, it does. It makes perfect sense. And it kind of touches on what you said right at the beginning of the call when you talk about this sort of disruption and maybe these two channels, if you like. I can almost see that there's the there's the off the shelf plug and play DIY, you know, buzzwordy sort of space where people can just have a go, plug in various technologies which have got fairly limited capability. But now with things like the the Amazon Alexa and the uh, is it Google Play? I can't remember now, but you know they they they're kind of bringing that together as a fairly low cost but you know simplified solution versus you know the more sophisticated, integrated, programmable, uh, you know, and, and perhaps hardwired even um, as you call closed system um, technologies as well. Is that kind of where you were going with that? Yeah, great. That's exactly what I was trying to put across there to you, Richard. You, you've surmised that very well. There's, there's definitely a, a division in the market between like, the conventional high-end system where your, the, your imagination is your limiting factor and exactly that. The more, um, more off-the-shelf uh, entry-level, mm -hmm. you know, is 
not necessarily what I want to say, but yeah, allowing users to 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 play with it themselves. And uh, there's there's obviously cost versus uh, usability there. Yeah, and I kind of that's kind of where I want to go. Actually, is, is just talk about cost because we're talking about you know these are some of the features and capabilities, and we kind of implied some of the benefits, etc. But what are some of the costs of these technologies now? Well, for uh, well, you can set yourself up with some sort of uh, clever off-the-shelf stuff for uh, for hundreds of pounds as opposed to thousands of pounds. Um, you know, the I suppose for any person who's interested in anything that perhaps we've discussed on this podcast, the, the, I think you know a nice starting point for them would be to see if it's something that interests them. You know, you're not gonna you're not going to be able to you know control your home uh, audio system, TV system, and lighting system by just buying an Amazon Alexa. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Mm. Um, and I think some the, the can sometimes uh, marketeers can sometimes uh, allow us to mislead ourselves by just thinking, oh well, you buy a, an Amazon Alexa or a, you know an AI voice control, and and the world is yours. That's that's not the case. But what you can do is you could buy yourself an Amazon Alexa and a off the shelf Sonos speaker and voice control that quite happily. But that's because both of those those things are are new and they're both on the Internet of Things and they, they have apps and skills that connect each other. If you're interested in a in a technology system that's that does more for you than that, that is um you know that uh, is hardwired is um you know let's say you you've got a cinema room in your house or you're interested you're renovating your house and you want to put a cinema room in there and you want to have one remote control or voice control that you know you're watching your movie and someone presses the doorbell and the lights dim and it pauses the tv for you and it launches a video on screen of the camera that's at the door so you can you don't need to get out of your seat to see who's there now that now that's a whole different kettle of fish and um you know that's numerous thousands of pounds to to start playing in that space yeah sure and i think the other thing that probably comes into this is kind of a, i touched on earlier is about um you know the fear of the technology but you so you've got people who are fairly conversant with this and can, you know, have a go themselves. But, you know, large majority of people will, will probably just want to bring someone in, maybe like you, Andy, and say, well, this is kind of what I want to do. How do I do it? And, you know, you, yeah. you can say, because you've got all the awareness and I'm sure you could deliver it. So there's those two schools of thought as well. I'm very much in the second camp of bringing the expert and, you know, deliver the solution I want. I, I'm, what's going through my head right now is, wouldn't it be great if, in my short-term letting apartment, I've got video uh, doorbell, you know, control and uh, and remote access, so I can buzz people in. And then when they go into the property, the heating or the air conditioning, depending on which properties we're talking about, uh, is automatically switched on. Uh, all other times, it's not on, so I'm conserving energy, etc. And I don't have to be there; I can be anywhere. I'm kind of starting to think about that. Oh, and by the way, when it's not occupied, can I have a leak detection system so that you know I don't have another ceiling collapse or something? <laughs> so that's what's going through my head. Uh, but I personally don't really fancy buying all the devices and having a little play. My, my sort of kitchen drawers are full of like unused devices because, you know, I started and couldn't finish sort of thing. Yeah, and I suppose that's where the services of people like myself and, and companies like myself come in, really. And and what 
what my job is to do is to sit with uh, sit with a, a customer like yourself and and consult and try and understand how how you want to use technology and uh, and and what what type of lifestyle you have and how technology can enrich your life but also make your life easier and use technology to do do things that's going to free up time for you really to just to take 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 the weight off really and then also use technology to actually when you're not doing anything and you want to enjoy yourself you know to to give you a good entertainment um you know experience as well without having to uh, perhaps you know be around the back of your TV plugging in blu-ray players and trying to get your apple tv online and all that all, all that fun stuff that uh, which can <laughs> can occur you know Smiles. and also in new in new in new properties as well i you know a lot of my design briefs are you know when i when people are i get involved in projects when people are renovating properties um even some to let properties is uh, you know a key word is we don't want to see anything we don't want to see anything you know we just want a, a a screen on the wall and we want to hear nice sound so the the skill of you know removing boxes um from the the the, the living environment and putting them somewhere else and then uh, you know using a designing a cable infrastructure and a, and a, a wi-fi infrastructure that's going to support the transmission of all this information and video and audio around the house um so that people don't have to clutter up their homes anymore with like tv stands and black boxes and blu-ray players with hdmi leads hanging out the back of them and stuff. so with the the modern living lots of people now are living in you know they spend more you know kitchen diners are becoming one with you know big doors out into the garden it's sort of alfresco that's where lots of middle-aged families are spending their time and if they want to consume a bit of media or see their cctv systems they don't want to have to go rummaging through drawers to find remote controls they just want to click one button and see it on the tv that they were just watching the news on mm. Well, I, 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 I'm carrying on this conversation because I'm finding it really interesting. And um, if that's okay with you, Andy, I've got a couple more things I still would like to ask. Is that okay if we just spend a couple more absolutely, minutes? Absolutely, Richard. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the things there, you, you, we, it's been touched on a couple of times, and, and particularly in that last answer or last response you gave, was about um, you know some of the installation side of it and, and the difference perhaps between new build and, and existing stock and retrofitting. Um, are, mm. the, are the things, you know, are the limitations, are the things that we can do? So, for example, if I'm, if I'm refurbishing a property, um, should I be thinking about having new types of cables that, that, that are there to enable this sort of technology? What, what is your experience in that direction? Um, yes. <laughs> Fundamentally, 100% yes. I, um, I, I really strongly advise that the renovation period of a house uh, for me, it's a fantastic time for for me to meet a, a, a prospective client or or someone who wants to discuss this this sector because um, I think at any point, obviously, retrofitting cables in a house that you're you're living in is a really messy and uh, not a very nice job to be doing. Um, and I think a little bit of a network cable infrastructure in a new uh, contemporary home is really, really important. And there's, there's a few reasons why that is. Um, it is it's, it's fantastic to be able to have some of your, you know, or a lot of your devices within a property to have a hardwired 
connection to each other or to the router or, or to the internet. Um, simply because uh, other than that, if you want something to be connected to the internet, you're reliant on Wi-Fi. And in lots of new properties um, and new builds and renovations, um, energy efficiency is really important. So we tend to find in architect specifications, um, lots of um, uh, Kingspan installations with this new uh, high density foam that has a tinfoil um, reflective uh, layer on the back of it that's going into the walls and then there's plaster and, and, and such on top. And basically for, for Wi-Fi, that's an absolute Wi-Fi killer. Okay. <laughs> if you wanted to, if you wanted to install something to damage your Wi-Fi system, that's kind of it, really. You're sort of creating a big um, Faraday cage around the house. So the, the why I say I like, you know, it's it's good and advantageous for people to put some cables in, and I typically do a, a small um, cable infrastructure design, and then we liaise with architects and get that laid into the properties to certain key points perhaps where TVs might go or where routers might go is it enables then for you to a get the majority of uh, enabled devices hardwired uh, which will then free up bandwidth on your on your Wi-Fi network within the property for things such as mobile phones uh, and the odd device that you might want to surf the internet with, with the the hardwired infrastructure taking the brunt of um, of the bandwidth. So you're not congesting that environment in the Wi-Fi because it's a very congested environment already. I mean, anyone who lives in a built-up area. You only need to go onto your smartphone and, and tap the button to have a look at it. Let's say you're about to connect to the network and you will get a whole list of um, SSIDs of other people's networks in their homes. You'll probably be able to see three or four of your neighbor's Wi-Fi um, systems. Am I right? You must have experienced this, Richard. Yeah, no, absolutely. You have. I know exactly what you're saying. So that whole 2.5 gigahertz spectrum is in, incredibly congested. So if you then uh, are now interested in you know, having lots of enabled devices and you want to put them all on your Wi-Fi system, that's obviously going to drag down the speed and the quality of, of that, of that Wi-Fi and perhaps start to make it drop out and start to make it, um, you know, less, um, less quick for one of a better phrase. So my advice to anybody, if they're not, in, if they're not, um, in the scope of actually investing in any equipment or even going down the down the road of uh, using technology is if, if you are at a renovation stage speak to someone within the within the industry and say look I'm interested in perhaps future proofing my property via the installation of a of a small um, you know installed cable infrastructure so that uh, so that perhaps later on down the line you know, we, we can build off that backbone of, of uh, cables to, to, to support any technology that might go in the property. And so we're talking about future-proofing as well here to some extent, um, because there's just going to be more and more demand for these sorts of devices and more and more drain on bandwidth. So it makes a lot of sense if you can hardwire some of the, as you say, the backbone. Um, so if you yeah, even a, even if you just want to hardwire, um, if you find that uh, if you have a medium to large um, medium to large uh, 
property and it's currently it's recently been renovated and you know your your property is now really lovely and energy efficient but you've got one small um uh bt router provided by your telecom you know from sky or, or or bt and that's sat in your hall and you're a couple of rooms down you're going to struggle those devices are not powerful enough to get through all this matter and this this um insulating material and you're going to find that you don't have an even coverage of wi-fi connectivity even just for for one smartphone so what um what a small cable infrastructure is going to allow you to do is perhaps even at the you know the first steps of uh, technology is allow you to perhaps put a couple of access points mm. around the house which means that you know when you move around the house um you're going to have, have you know even wi-fi coverage to your phone and your phone's not going to find oh oh well i mean when i'm in the dining room you know I'm, I'm unable to connect to the internet but when i'm in the bedroom it's absolutely fine and that's just because of the how the environment and the walls are are, are interplaying with with the wi-fi signal from you from just one router in the corner where your bt line comes into the house well i've had exactly that situation with a, pro a three-story property and you know the, the you can imagine that the router is in the hallway near the front door yep. and then at the back back of the house on the third on well the second floor i suppose it is you know the third level um you know the the gamer who's in that room is complaining bitterly about you know lack of wi-fi signal and um he actually he did this on his own at one point. He actually laid a cable from his bedroom right the way down to the router, uh, yeah. so hardwired on top, obviously, uh, of the um, you know the stairs and everything. Um, and, and what I've since done is I've now connected a second router up on the on the top floor there, uh, which is you know uh, married off the first one. So it, it just gives more even spread. But it goes back to kind of what we we're saying about um, I'm kind of talking about future proofing and the use of more devices accessing whether it's wi-fi or 3g connections and kind of getting ready for that so um but when, if you've got a new build you can just, uh, just to go back on uh, if i may Richard, just to go back on um on that point you've just made about a uh, shared accommodation um and perhaps you've got uh, in what in, in one of your rooms you've got a, an avid gamer who spends as much of his free time gaming as possible where what i've just spoken about would support you there is let's say hypothetically i designed a system where each room has a couple of um a couple of uh, lan connection points where the gamer can plug a cable in and connect his computer on what's probably happening in that property is you might have other people that are actually having reduced um uh, internet connection because uh, that chap or girl who's gaming is actually hogging all the bandwidth so what you could do in a in a in a in with the support of a an IT specialist or someone like us is if it, if he was wired you could do a thing called quality of service so you could actually portion off um you know percentages of your internet so that perhaps him or her being a constant gamer is not actually then disrupting the quality of service that your other tenants are receiving well uh, you ration him basically or you ration everybody else but i like exactly. that yeah, or you're just portioning up because it otherwise it becomes on a you know first come first served um situation and perhaps someone who's very you know using bandwidth very heavily you know it is degrading the, the 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 services that someone else in the same property is getting so that could be managed based on you know what i was just saying 
Well, yes, and of course, you know, there's a spin-off here, and you know, I'm thinking about you know, there's there's features and there's benefits. So the feature is you can hardwire and do the quality of servicing, etc. It's ca you're capable of doing those things. But the benefits, I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, how could I use that in practical terms, or what what would it mean to me as a landlord? Well, I had the gamer, for example, would would move on if he couldn't uh, game in that property. But equally, the other residents, if they were, you know, not able to download a Netflix film or check Facebook or whatever they want to do could also leave. And so I've got high tenant yeah. turnover. I've got extra cost. I've perhaps got void periods. You know, all of these things start to come into play. And so I am thinking about putting some of these uh, technologies in, which are not that difficult and not that expensive these days to, uh, you know, not only provide a better quality of service and better features and et cetera for the tenants, um, but equally to keep them. So, you know, every time a tenant turns over, it costs me money. It's simple as that. So if I can keep them for longer, I can make my unit more profitable. So I am thinking in those terms. But where I was going with yeah, the question. Yeah, another landlord, churn yeah. is the last thing you want, isn't it? Churning takes up your time and, and takes up, you know, your, your property manager's time. So, uh, you know, if you've got, if you're happy with your tenants, you want to keep them there ad infinitum. You do. But what I was going to ask you, Andy, is this is that obviously with a new build or with a, if you're refurbishing a property, putting in things like extra land cables makes perfect sense. And it's a good time to do both of those things and plan them into the design phase. But what about if, you know, the majority, we've got 25 million houses already, already built, obviously a very small percentage of which would be refurbished at any point in time. Um, is there kind of easy retrofit suggestions that you can suggest? There are, yes. Um, uh, and just with the caveat is, uh, you know, anything retrofit is is um, is, is sitting on a is sitting on a Wi-Fi connection. Now, seven times out of ten, you know, that could operate absolutely bug-free and, and no problem at all. But um, it, it is with that caveat that you're, you know, you're you're relying on it and a good Wi-Fi connection for for those type of things. So retrofit town systems, there is, I mean, we've mentioned it previously, is um, is one that I don't deal with, but I'm a, I'm certainly a fan of it. Is Sonos, you know, that's a cable-free uh, retrofit um, sound system, um, and and all of the other services devices like uh, like Apple TVs. Is that is that the type of product you're think you were you're thinking of, Richard? Well, I was thinking. You, uh, well, you mentioned one I think already was was um, the heating. So you talked about the heating. Yep. So not Nest, the, the other one that you said you kind kind of use. So that's a retrofit. Yeah, solution, Netimo is the, is the other one. We yeah. um, a fantastic uh, retrofit uh, CCTV system is the Ring system. I don't know if you've come across the Ring system, Richard. No. No. No, that's a, that's a really nice retrofit uh, Wi-Fi only um, CCTV system. It has uh, some really nice um, features like battery-powered cameras, which have a uh, which have a solar panel. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm testing one currently in my back garden, and it's been out there for oh throughout all the cold weather as well, and the batteries remained on full. So that's a that's a small uh, battery-powered and solar recharged. Um, CCTV camera that's sitting outside um, that you can program with um, motion detection so mm -hmm. you can you can set up motion detection area so if it experiences any motion it will send you an alert or an email um, it will buzz an app on your phone that you can press a button and it'll instantly open and you're able to view the camera 
you're able to also talk. The camera has a speaker in it, so you can say, uh, hello, <laughs> what are you doing on my property? <laughs> um, and that's very powerful. And, thing, and I think the ring system as well, uh, just to add on that, sits within, is one of the skills within all of these other uh, services. So if this and that and Stringify and Alexa. So you're able to build on top of that, um, some build out some functionality and perhaps have it do other things for you. So an example of that is you could say to it, if motion is detected on that camera, um, turn on a light in my bedroom. If it's between the hours of 10 and, you know, 10 and mm. 1 in the morning yeah exactly mm. yeah so you're able to build out a little bit of functionality so ring so rings an interesting player in the market i think it's um i think it's a a company that richard brunson was involved with in the early days i don't know who um i don't i think he was certainly one of the sort of founding funders of it and i think it's uh, i think it's up and running and doing very well certainly the products that i've uh, tested from it i've been very impressed with Hmm. And I know quite interested in these sort of um, technologies. So, for example, I've got a property which is uh, I, I, I often do flips, and, and and what happens often is um, the the actual men on site, people on site type of phase is is not the whole time I own the property. So I've got I've got mm -hmm. an empty property is what I'm going um, for a period of time. So I want you know it'd be nice to have uh, maybe monitoring and maybe alert systems. Um, you know which I could move from property to property. So I don't necessarily want a, a permanent system in one unit if I can move things around that, you know, I'm imagining I can do that. Would, would I be right? Uh, um, yes, you would be right. Totally. Yes. And, and that would be, that would be a, a, a great use of a small sort of set of cameras like that. It would be, it would enable you to um, perhaps track the flow of your, uh, the flow of your build versus, you know what um what project management system your your renovation you know your you check your gantt drawings and steels are going in on the wednesday you know the first of the month and it'd be nice to know that perhaps the weekend before that the steels have actually been delivered and you could just uh ping open a camera and and see whether they are or not so mm -hmm. yeah things like that could, and that could definitely be like i said the advantage of um it not being not being wired um mm -hmm. would be would be the only i suppose the only um essential part of that in in order for that to happen is you would have to that obviously doesn't work unless you you would need some form of phone line at the property to be live to, in order to do that yeah i think you can before i get lots of people emailing me going that wouldn't work <laughs> yeah i think you can use mobile technologies as well can't you with some of these I'm aware yes, can, so yeah. you can have a yeah. sim card or something but um yeah, yeah anyway so I, i'm kind of getting hit but so what we've um covered here is a lot of ground of what what's here and now um there's been a lot of change clearly you you talked about um over the last few years in yep. particular especially with some of these big players coming into into the scene um mm. maybe one eye on the future and i guess you probably have to have this as well um you know what take just paint a little picture of what you see potentially coming downstream and what how we might use some of these technologies in the next sort of say five to five years let's say i don't not 50 year thinking but you know five year thinking Oh, Richard, what what a question to hit me with. Uh, that's uh, and sadly, I um, uh, sadly I'm not sat here with my 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 little crystal ball because um, I think I if I could answer that question, you know, I think my I think my days of working would be would be well and truly over. I think voice is um, I think voice is a massive thing, and I think. Uh, 
um, I think it's going to really, um, I think it's going to really change the landscape on, on in ways that we, we can't actually predict at the moment. But I could probably see that voice is going to be a huge thing within properties. I think it might actually um, remove the amount of time that we're stuck on a handset um, or even stuck on um, stuck on a laptop. I think voice is the future or certainly the near future. Um, I think it's that powerful now. So I, I think watch that, that space. Um, I think the, the other thing is like watch. Uh, there's so many disruptors coming into this um, this market of uh, of home tech and um, and actually seeing the benefit in it, and it not it no longer being a you know a nice to have. People actually getting real benefits out of it and enriching people's lifestyles so there's some real big players that are, that are, that are coming into the market so i think i i genuinely can't sort of predict the future on that i would love to i think the the real big i think the real big changes in technology over the past few years have been the have been the have been the changes that no one expected and i think uh and i think that's probably uh, if it's not too tenuous, is I think you know the real big changes that are really going to change people's lives through technologies have probably not even you know have not even been thought of as yet. Um, they they will just sort of self um, you know self generate out of um, out of where we are now. But um, for me, voice voice is a big interesting one, and obviously you know we're we're hurtling towards this internet of things so with everything now being um being connected and all electronics manufacturers now realize the value of it and um and are, are, are making sure that there any technology that's coming to market nowadays has its api now its api is just basically meaning um, that it, it's been controlled, it, it, you know, it's brain and it can be controlled by other devices or it can be talked to via the internet. You know, anyone who's making electronics at the moment and putting them out into the market, you know, has to be on that boat. Otherwise, they're, they're, they're a dead duck, really. So it's, it's you know, it's an, it's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting time. It certainly is, and it was an unfair question, Andy. Sorry about that, but you know, <laughs> you, you've given us a, you've given us a, enough of a steer there. I think voice. You know, I had a previous guest on uh, Dan Hughes, and he talked about his children uh, swiping the trying to swipe the TV and noticing fingerprints all over it. Um, and yeah, actually, the, my, my eighteen month year old my eighteen month daughter is doing exactly the same. Yeah, so a move from perhaps away from touch, more towards voice control. So I think that's a big sort of takeaway, apart from we don't know what we don't know. So, uh, and yes, that always happens in technology that something comes from, you know, nowhere. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. And um, I, I honestly could, can keep talking to you, could keep talking to you uh, for, for longer, but I'm very conscious of the time that I've taken already. And um, it's been fascinating. Um, I think probably would be fair to say is that you you do talk to people to customers on a regular basis don't you and we had a chat about maybe how you could do that do you want to just talk about what how you could potentially talk to some of our audience if they were interested in this type of technology yeah absolutely Richard I what what I'm uh, happy to do and, and regularly do for anybody who's um, interested in contacting me to talk about um, technology where it's at and how it might um, support them or or you know play a part in their life is I'm, I'm happy to offer um, an, an hour or so's free consultancy to anybody 
um, who wants to talk to me about these type of things. Um, I'm based in the Midlands, so um, you know, as long as it's geographically viable, I'm happy to come and see come and see people, sit with them, and talk to them about what they're interested in and the scope and the viability of, of, of any technology project that uh, they, they might want to talk about. Fantastic. I think you might have a few people take you up on that and think I might be one of them. But um, so because <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea of the expert coming in and saying what's possible and maybe leaving it to them. So that, that suits me well. But, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people, whether it's for their rental properties, their short term lets or even their own home, will probably want to, you know, maybe pick, uh, take advantage of that offer that you made there. So appreciate it. But equally, I, uh, I very much appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast and sharing the wealth of knowledge that you've got. If people want to connect with you, what is the best way um, for them to do that and perhaps read out any contact details so that they can make notes? Yeah, the, uh, please feel free. Anybody can contact me via email. So you can uh, email me on andy at throughmytv.com. And you can also follow uh, me at www.throughmytv.com. That's our website. Or feel free uh, to give me a call on 01926 80 40 40. Perfect. So thanks again. I, I am really genuine, as you can probably tell, enthusiastic about this area. And I think what's really uh, the most exciting thing to me is that you're talking about what, you know, what is happening today. You know, so this is not like, you know, blue sky thinking about what could happen, you know, in some sort of theoretical context. You're talking about things that can actually be used and applied and provide benefit to homeowners and tenants and uh, investors uh, right here, right now. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, very happy that you came and joined us today. And, um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say this. I split the I've, I've deliberately talked for longer than we said, uh, but I'm going to split it into two episodes because there's. There is genuine gold dust in what you shared, Annie. I'm very, very grateful for that. Thank you. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, Richard. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed speaking to you, so thank you very much for the opportunity. You're welcome, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks a lot. Well, there we go. That was um, over the course of the last couple of weeks. Really fascinating. Um, I hope you found it fascinating. I certainly did. A discussion with uh, with Andy, Andy Cox from ThroughMyTV.com. And uh, he, he's actually installing these systems now. He's also monitoring the market. So it's very much a here, right here, right here, right now type of uh, discussion that we had there. So I am mixing and matching a little bit with some of what's coming downstream from people observing markets. But also it's great to get a, an insight from, from someone like Andy and there's a couple of other guests like Andy who are actually delivering services right now which are utilizing some of the technologies available for us in this space. So I hope you enjoyed that um, and of course you can just pop over to the uh, the website uh, well first of all Andy's which is throughmytv.com if you want to connect with him he, he read out his uh, connection details as well they'll be posted in the show notes. Uh, but the show notes will be over at my website, thepropertyvoice.net. And of course, if you want to talk about anything from today's show um, or receive an introduction to one of my guests, you can always uh, just drop me an email, uh, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'd be very happy to hear from you and affect any sort of introduction that you might wish uh, to do. But for now, all I want to say once again this week is thanks very much for listening. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to 
thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.